Hi, and welcome to Jewish Time, a podcast brought to you by the Atlanta Jewish Times, keeping Jewish Atlanta connected. I'm Jeff Silberblatt. My mission is to bring you a timely and interesting conversation with people who connect Jewish Atlanta locally, nationally, and around the world. This podcast is all about getting ready for the high holidays, virtually. We're going to talk about how to make your virtual high holiday services and dinners perfect by Zooming with your family and your friends and the rabbi and the rest of the congregation. I'm thrilled to introduce you to Nadia Bilchik. Now, you've seen Nadia on CNN CNN International, and the CNN Airport Network. Nadia is president of Greater Impact Communication. Some of her clients at Greater Impact include the Coca-Cola Company, Samsung, Porsche, Home Depot Corporation, Georgia Tech, Starbucks, and ESPN. So, Nadia, tell me what you have seen in the world working with your clients, working with your friends, and playing with your family. How has Zoom changed what you do? Well, Jeff, it's interesting. Think about mid-March, right? Mid-March, most people were working in their offices, and there was this very, very rapid transition to working from home. So I don't know about you, but I was not familiar with Zoom. In fact, I'd had one Zoom meeting with my camera off because I had so much security on my computer that my camera was off. And suddenly we were all catapulted into this virtual world. And so what I'm seeing is that everybody has to become what I say webcam savvy. So I've spent three decades of my career either in front of or behind a television camera. And even for me, the transition from in-person to virtual, as used to as I am being in front of a camera, it's still a completely different platform. And what I'm seeing is that people are still struggling and that they're still finding that some of the organic things that happen in person don't happen in front of a webcam. So I've spent a lot of time coaching and training people to understand the nuances. And one of the big nuances, Jeff, is looking into your camera. Because when I see you, if you and I were sitting at a Starbucks having coffee or doing this interview in a studio, we'd be able to see each other. Yes. Now, I can't see you, and although this is audio only, if I look directly into the camera, you feel like I'm looking at you. And it's very counterintuitive because most people want to look down at the person they're communicating with. So I spent a lot of time helping people understand what it means to connect directly with your webcam. You work both with individuals and you also work with big corporate companies. And and I think that one of the things that has become popular with with big companies and, and work is what I call the Brady Bunch tile where there are <laughs> you know, three by three. You can use that later if you'd like. Yes, um, in a block. Yes. When a company does that, what's the etiquette when there are nine or 12 or 20 different people that are also able to see you? Well, 
as you say, online meeting etiquette, whether you're using WebEx or Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Adobe Connect. So we're learning the etiquette. And one of the etiquettes is knowing when to mute and unmute. And Jeff, it's been interesting because I did a session yesterday with a group of very high level sales individuals, and they have a lot of meetings, as you say, in the block format and learning not to talk over the other person. But as a facilitator of these meetings, you have to be very, very skilled. And that's what we're teaching right now is the skill of inviting participation and managing momentum. And all of these things are very important because, again, you don't have the organic interaction that takes place in a boardroom. So you as the facilitator are now having to be very observant. And as a participant, you're having to show up. And what's very interesting is people don't love having their webcams on, right? It's so much easier to have them off. So what I'm urging companies and facilitators and leaders to do is to lay it out, tell people what the etiquette is. Are we expected to have our webcams on or not? And tell people beforehand, we had this conversation that if you were in a sales meeting and the other person did not have their webcam on, in that moment, it's not a good time to say, oh, by the way, can you put your webcam on? Tell people before what the expectation is. So we're expecting you all at this meeting and we'd be so appreciative if you have your cameras on. So the etiquette is let people know in advance. And then there's so many nuances that need to take place during a meeting. So the facilitator needs to understand the technology and how to make it participative. We went through a Jewish holiday in April, Passover, where the pandemic was still new and still ravaging through the country. And so a lot of families made light of the fact that they were going to stay at home and they were going to Zoom their Seder. Some of the stories were pretty funny, trying to set up grandma with an iPad so that she could be part of the festivities, uh, trying to get the kids in from college. All of that being said, we're getting ready for the high holidays. It's the Super Bowl of Judaism. So I want to know what have we learned in the last six months to make Zoom meetings, whether for business or for pleasure or in this case, for religion. What have we learned to make Zoom more successful? So in the same way that I recommend that every meeting has a facilitator, designate the person who is going to play the role of host. And this is the same for Jewish holidays, for birthday parties, for any social event. You need somebody who's leading it. Because I'm sure at this point that each and every one of us have been on those Zoom calls where everybody sits there very uncomfortably not sure, knowing what to do. So let's say we're talking about Rosh Hashanah coming up. Decide which family member is going to be your coordinator. And it's usually very easy in a family. Jeff, I know in your family it would be you, right? Yes, of course. Okay. So let's say we designate Jeff. Jeff, you're going to be the coordinator. Think about it. Plan it. Don't just show up. Tell people, okay, we're starting Rosh Hashanah. What we're going to do is we're going to start off with the prayers. We're going to do that together. And by the way, maybe even introduce something where Jeff goes around to all the family members and says, what's your favorite past memory of Rosh Hashanah? Or how did you celebrate when you were a child to maybe an elderly member of the family? So you actually think about it as you would a facilitation. So when I'm facilitating an event, I'm always thinking, what's my icebreaker? What's the thing I'm going to do that's going to include everybody? So give it thought. 
and then tell people beforehand, by the way, for our Rosh Hashanah call, this is how it's going to go. Here's some thoughts so that you're not putting people on the spot. Remember, we're not professional speakers that you're talking to. So give them some ideas and plant it with one or two family members. And in the same way that, Jeff, I know you lead a huge sales team, you're always inviting participation, right? It doesn't just come from you. That's correct. You want to invite participation. Everybody wants to be heard, whether it's a business situation or a social situation. So plan it. Make sure if there's a child there, that the child has a painting, that they show it to you on the camera. But think about it as how do we make this as inclusive as possible where every family member's heard. So what I tend to do is go around and literally say, guys, we're going to go around to each one of you. So each family gets a chance to share, say, speak. So no family sits there as passive. And that's just so important in everything. We want everybody to feel heard and included. You know different personality styles. You're going to get people who are fast-paced and outspoken who dominate and people who just observe. And it's up to you as the family facilitator host to make sure that the quieter members of family are also included. I want to change the direction here. And I want to put you in a position where you are consulting with a rabbi. And the rabbi's job is to bring the entire synagogue community together, specifically for Rosh Hashanah, for uh, Yom Kippur. What advice do you have for that rabbi to set up Zoom on the pulpit and to make sure the sound is going to be great? Let's talk about blocking and tackling for the high holiday services. Right. And it's so interesting that you say that because I belong to Chabad, Beth Tefila, and Rabbi knew if you happen to be listening or any members of your congregation, he's mastered this. But I happened to be on the first Shabbat Zoom and it was it was it was comedy because, as you say, everybody had camera angles. Remember that your webcam is designed to make you look either like you are looking down or up your nostrils. So if you don't understand how to look directly, levelly into your camera. And by the way, anybody who is listening to this, practice, practice, practice. You need to be level with your camera. If that means that you have to put your computer on blocks or other things, check eyeline, check eyeline. So number one, what would be the first thing I say to any rabbi is hire a technical director. There is a member of the community who is technically proficient. Hire them. It's very important because your technology now has become a huge player in you communicating well to your community and have that technology person explain everything to you and work the technology so that you don't have to worry about it. As we're conversing, I can tell that you're using a professional microphone. Your voice is perfectly clear. You're enunciating correctly. But a lot of people, and I would would say a, a lot of people who don't use Zoom in an everyday business setting probably do not have microphones. So they're going right. to rely on their laptop or their iPad. Yes. So let's talk about tips that can help that person not be an outcast. Okay, so so rabbis who are listening, and by the way, I'm happy to tell you, I actually have coached speaking to the rabbis of Chabad, and they are just awesome students. <laughs> so by the way, and believe it or not, more technologically savvy, especially the next generation. So four tips for anybody, whatever you're using, wherever you are, 
you have to know where your webcam is, whether you're using your iPhone or you're using your iPad, locate the camera. <laughs> it's amazing. I've been doing coaching now since mid-March on this, and it's amazing how many people actually aren't quite sure where the camera is. They think the camera is looking down at the person speaking. Locate the camera, play with what we call eyeline. Make sure that you are communicating directly with the camera and play with it. Don't be too close, don't be too far away. And you can have the built-in camera. If you really want to get fancy, get an external camera, which of course I do, but just know where your camera eyeline is and practice it. Practice it in front of your family so we can see you from the waist up. We don't just want to see ahead. As it is, we're seeing so much less of you than we ever saw before. So eyeline, eyeline, eyeline. And by the way, if you've got an iPad, just make sure that it's sitting in a place that you can do this well and you don't look distorted. So practice, 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 find a member of your family. You're also very welcome to contact me and I will look at your shot and give you some tips. Jeff, looking at your shot, you sound amazing, but I've got some fabulous tips for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should know that with my studio setup, I have two iPads, one that has notes about you, Nadia, and one for the Zoom call so that we can see each other. And my setup is that I have iPads on each side of the audio mixer. So one of those iPads holds the Zoom call where you and I are conversing right now. And the other holds notes so that I ask every question that needs to be asked to make this an interesting conversation. By the way, if you look off to the side, please explain to the person that you are talking to what you are doing. Because remember that looking into the camera is synonymous with me connecting with you, making eye contact with you. And it is the mechanism through which I reach and communicate with you. So often the people I work with have two or three monitors, explain to the person you are talking to, I'm looking at my monitor. So if that's one thing, ensure that. Number two is lighting, lighting, lighting. Have your lighting, even for Rosh Hashanah, try and set up wherever you're going to be doing the Zoom family session or this Microsoft Teams or WebEx or whatever you're choosing to do. By the way, some of my clients don't use Zoom because of security issues. So I've become very proficient in all platforms. But make sure your lighting is in front of you. It's very easy to have a big window behind you and then you look like a cardboard cutout, a silhouette, and it's so easy to do. On some of the sessions I do, I literally adjust people's lighting during the session and everyone is amazed. You think it was magic. It's not magic. It's just light in front of you. I have a very simple light kit. It is spelled newer, but it's N-E-E-W-E-R. Very easy, very simple to set up and it puts the light in front of my face. Number three, your background. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you want a background that is interesting enough, but not distracting and make it meaningful. Think about, I mean, if you're doing Rosh Hashanah, think about where your background is. Now I'm choosing a virtual background because I have a green screen and I change my background depending on where, what, how, but you don't have to have a green screen. Just make sure your background is not distracting. We should explain what a green screen is because some of our listeners probably don't understand what that what that technology is. I would explain it. It's the it's the same technology that the weatherman uses on the six o'clock news to show uh, video and graphics of the weather forecast. Beautifully put. So by having a green piece of fabric or a background, what it allows you to do is 
effortlessly key in a virtual background. And some, if you've got a Mac, I think you can do it without having the green cloth behind you. So Jeff, I tell people March 12th, all my in-person gigs were canceled. March 13th, Zach French, my daughter's sister-in-law's husband taught me to Zoom (laughs) on the Saturday. I synced it with my Outlook on the Sunday. I went to Joanne's Fabric in Atlanta and bought a green piece of fabric. Check your background. And if this was visual, I would show you some of my fancy backgrounds and I can customize them for my client. So I will customize my backgrounds, but you want to have a background that is enhancing, not detracting. And then the other most important thing is energy and body language. So Whether you're the rabbi who's presenting, and I have to congratulate so many of the rabbis for doing a masterful job on learning a new medium, but it's different. It requires a different level of energy. We can't see all of you. We can't see your entire body. So we don't have all of that to allow us and assist us in communicating. So you have to be very proficient and use lots of vocal intention and intonation and underline your words And just be very energetic and focused and lively because it is much more difficult to engage people virtually because the chances of distraction are so much greater. I have to tell you, Nadia, I now feel I have the tips needed for successful Zooming. I feel like a summa cum laude graduate of the Nadia Bilchek University of Zoom. Oh, there's so much more, Jeff. I'm afraid to tell you that I've given you the tips, but it's there's a lot more to really think about engaging, collaborating, leading, inviting participation, which is all the things we have to learn to do virtually. And you've got the cliff notes, but don't underestimate the transition to a virtual world. It's much more nuanced than people anticipate. Nadia Bilchek, who does some TED Talks and also works with CNN. I want to thank you for your time today and sharing lots of Zoom tips as we get ready for the virtual high holidays. The high holidays via Zoom. Nadia, thank you for being part of Jewish Time. Thank you so much, Jeff. And I hope I get to interview you the next time. I would love that. Thanks for downloading and listening to Jewish Time, a podcast brought to you by the Atlanta Jewish Times. Please log on to atlantajewishtimes.com to find out more about our podcasts, insightful articles that we offer, and for subscription information. That's atlantajewishtimes.com. My name is Jeff Silberblatt. Thanks for your time.